0: Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Puri. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam, here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, TJ Peterson and Alex Lopez, and folks, the series is tied. A dominant game two performance, rather I should say a dominant second half of game two. Panthers win the game five to one, and we now have a chance to clinch the series at home in game five.
2: This is a spiritual Panthers comeback victory because they didn't actually come back, but in all other ways, it resembled every other Panthers comeback victory.
0: Yeah, that's actually that's a really interesting way to look at it, actually. Because I I remember at some point in the second period, I was talking to a friend of mine and pointed out that the shots on goal were twenty-one to nine in Washington's favor. The Panthers ended up winning the
2: shots. They didn't just end up winning. Remarkable deficit. They ended up winning it by eight. They were down by twelve. You know, since it was twenty-one to nine, the Capitals did not get nine, and the Panthers got more than 21. It it ended 35 to 27 and every other stat was way more lopsided. Corsi was 68 to 50. Mm, All right, pretty much it. the same. Uh scoring chances 41 to 23 for the Panthers including 20 to 4 in the third period. High danger chances 19 to 8 Panthers and uh expected goals according to natural stat trick they ended up winning 3.62 to 2.79 which is quite the feat considering after one period, they were down 1.4 to 0.35. And the way the game was going, I kind of expected them to grit out a three to two, four to two, three to one type of victory, come here and say, well, the Panthers have tied the series, but unless things change on the ice, they're probably not going to win it. And they did. They totally changed. We could be looking back depending on what happens in game three, four, and five. And this is not me predicting. I don't want this to seem like I'm going to jinx them by saying this. If the games three, four, and five look like the second half of game two, that's the turning point in the series. When the Panthers turned it on, made it four to one, made it five to one, and then made the third period look like all one-way traffic.
1: Here's what I want to say. Yes, the Capitals had the lion's share of shots early. But other than the, the Marshman double minor, did they really get that much pressure where they were getting good quality chances? Because I don't remember any. They had volume, but they didn't yeah. have quality. And do, do, you know, we're all very analytics-based. You want to see possession. The Panthers, I mean, I tweeted it out. The, early on in the game, it looked like the exact same Panthers from game one. They were getting opportun- pucks into premium scoring chances in the offensive zone, but weren't converting them into shots. They were flubbing passes exactly like Game One, and the Capitals, just like in Game One, were getting shots, but they weren't getting quality. So yeah, the Panthers were down twenty-one-nine, but in terms of five-on-five, five, the Capitals weren't dangerous early on in that game. And as long as you're the Panthers and can withstand that early, you know, pressure, and Bob's not giving up a couple of fluky ones, you're going to get goals, as we saw tonight. Like Vitek Vanacek is not a good goalie. No, he, he had a, a bad night. But in general you in general this is what he is. yeah He is a sub 900 goalie.
2: You know At the very least like over the course of the five periods of the series, that's what he is.
1: Well, that's what he is for his career too. Yeah. He's a replacement level goalie, maybe slightly above it, but you know as inconsistent as bob is, the Panthers have a goaltending advantage as long as he oh, yeah. doesn't shit, shit the bed and you know, Vitek Vanacek doesn't become the next, uh, geez, what's the name? Not not Halak, uh, Thomas Grice. That's that's all that can happen. As long as both players play to what their normal standards, the Panthers have a massive goaltending advantage in this series. So th- that's what the Panthers needed. To, today was a perfect example of what the Panthers need to do. They need to weather the storm early from the Capitals, limit the high quality chances, not give up a softie, and then capitalize when they finally do get chances because they're going to come.
2: Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go back. Cause I, I don't want to come back to something that you said a minute ago that I wanted to add on to, and all of a sudden it's coming out of left field, but I kind of want to fence it about like, were they getting quality or were they just getting volume? You know, it it wasn't all quality looks, but there were some, you know, like when the power play came, when the Panthers got the first power play, they gave away a shorthanded chance that was better than any chance they had in the game. And they were up one, nothing. I'm pretty sure.
1: No, that and, was the first power play of the game, and it was 0-0 at the time. And I know exactly that yeah, the one you're talking about. I, I think it, it might have been weaker again, but someone turned it over. And um, Well, I think the Cavaliers had, had the a puck,
2: chance. but they just lost Oshie. Like, there were three guys in the defensive zone, and they just yes. lost Oshie.
1: Yeah, everyone went for the big hit, and whoever it was made a pass to Oshie, and he came in all alone, and I think he hit the post. Yeah. I don't know if Bob got a piece of it, but he hit the post. But okay, they had one shot. I mean the Panthers also, I mean, Barkov had an opportunity to score from the slot and miss the net. And that's kind of, and that's exactly what I was talking about is their premium scoring chances were not turning into shots. Cause if you if Barkov misses the net from the high slot and it wasn't blocked, that's a missed opportunity. That should hit the net 10 out of 10 times and get into the back of the net five out of ten. So, you know, the Panthers didn't convert on that opportunity. They weren't converting on their chances again.
2: Yeah. Um, just wanted to say also in, in addition to the other things that you were saying the bad thing about Vitek Vanacek not playing well in that game is that we're likely going to see Ilya Samsonov in game three based on how that Why is went. that a bad thing so, He's but yeah better. I was about to say Ilya Samsonov, Samsonov has Sona been worse this season has That's been worse this worse. season but then again playoffs weird stuff happens but uh I like I like the ch- Panthers chances of uh exposing him at the very I least. did also
0: just learn that I thought Vitek Vanacek and Marek Mazanek we're the same person no they're different people and also thank
2: you for let's let's not lose sight of how <laughs> i was just looking was.
0: up that stats because i didn't feel like calling him a sub 900 goalie was accurate and he isn't he's a career 908 uh but i only ever saw capital seasons under his belt and my thought process was didn't that play for nashville nope he's he's like a I, poor
2: man's james reimer he's like your I, prototypical yeah, so. 1b 2a goalie like if Vtech Vanacek is your backup you're like we got a good backup if our starter goes out like Vtech Vanacek can hold down the fort but the Capitals are in the position where vtech Vanacek is their playoff starter I wouldn't feel very comfortable about that if I were them no not only
1: that they're in a position where vtech Vanacek is their starter against the number one offense since the 1995 Mario lemieux Jaromir yager Penguins i mean and we're not, I also and we're not lost even game
2: tra- one of their series by the way i went and back and even, looked they lost game one of their and first we're not round even series talking
1: old yager we're talking young prime like yeah we're talking like 23 wallet. year
0: old the yager at that
2: point yeah <laughs> like god
1: on skates Yaromir yager and mario Lemieux. that's how how epic this panthers offense is and you're coming at us with vitek vanacek like The the results from game one were not going to repeat themselves unless the
2: Panthers let it. And they didn't. Mm -hmm. And Randy and I actually had pretty much the same take. And he was talking about it in the second intermission. And I just exposed myself to have not gone to the game. So come at me for that. But I'll I'll take my pelters. The forecheck was really where the tide of the game turned. Once the Panthers were turning over Washington coming out of their own zone, which is something that they've done pretty well all year, that was turning into much more offense for them. That's how the fourth goal happened. And, I mean, it wasn't necessarily on the forecheck. But in the first half of the game, like we'll we'll talk about the disparity between the first and the second halves of the game, the Capitals were getting out of their own zone, getting past the red line, getting it into the Panthers' zone with zero problems. It, it, It was almost like they had no resistance at all. And the Panthers must have switched up what they were doing because they had way more success as the game went, transpired. And that wasn't really the case in game one. So some, something definitely happened there that turned the tide of the game.
1: Well, well, the difference is the Panthers had a 2-0 lead and then immediately had a 3-1 lead. So Washington had to press. The difference between game... like They should have won game one regardless of how poorly they played and regardless of the icing, which we've been going back and forth with Tim Peel, who is carrying water for the NHL so hard, despite how they just hung him out to dry after that hot mic incident, it's kind of incredible that he is caping so hard for the NHL and our mentions. But, you know, regardless of that icing call and Weger's mistake, like Weger's mistake should never happen. And Weger knows that. Yeah. Like Weger makes any of the four easy passes to him. And the Panthers almost certainly win game one. And we're talking about how they didn't play great and played game one. They played a much better game two and we're sitting pretty at two, nothing. Like they should have won game one as poorly as they played game two. They won because you saw the talent disparity between these two teams. Capitals had all of the shots in the beginning of the game, but guess what? As soon as they turned over the puck and the Panthers were able to complete two passes in a row, it was in the
2: back of the net. Because they're that good. I mean, I, I, I get a lot of what you're saying, but I do want to push back. Like, you're telling me that score effects means that the team that is winning gets more chances, and that's typically not what happens. You know that. Like, for for the Panthers to defy score effects is impressive. They've been doing that all season. But, but that's what they do all year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Especially but we didn't see what they... a
2: statistical
0: deep dive on their shot share by period, and it gets stronger yeah.
2: as the game goes on. And I, and I think that what you were getting at in that analysis really came through in, in this game.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I mean, the difference in game one, they were still being extremely aggressive. And what Weaker did was make an extremely aggressive play trying to create a five on three rush. I get what he was doing. It was the wrong play in that situation. 2-1 in a playoff game, third period, you don't make that play. But tonight, instead of making the aggressive plays, they made the smart plays and let their talent dictate. And then just counter, like they clogged up the neutral zone and counterattacked the Capitals to death. Like the Capitals got no shots because they could not get through the neutral zone. The Panthers would turn it over and turn it into scoring chances. This is what the Panthers do when they have a lead. This is why we've been laughing all season about how they can't win games 2-1 because when they're on their game, they clog up the neutral zone, create turnovers, and create odd man rushes that they turn into goals. They didn't do it well in game one. They were too aggressive in game one, and it burned them in the ass. And tonight is exactly what we saw from the Panthers all year. And that's why the Panthers are an overwhelming favorite in this series.
2: I mean, I mean, you just going going and you you got should some fire. Like we're all speechless. We're just like, damn, oh, I, I have nothing to refute I'm that. Cry. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. So, Look. So it, what it, you're
1: it, saying is you're the guy, you're uh, what's his, uh, what's his name from old school that from CNN, I have no response. That was perfect. <laughs> That's,
2: that's what I am. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm frozen. I mean, sheesh, like we we were talking about it last time, you know, it's the 82 games that we saw versus game one we saw. And I mean, we saw game one again in game two, you know, first period, a lot of the second period until the tide turned. And we were like, what do we believe? And now it feels a little bit clearer. And w- when the series turns to Washington, I feel like we'll really know because they, they won't be on home ice. The-, the home crowd, the playoff crowd will be behind Washington. We're going to see what they're really made of. Yeah.
0: And, Does Washington and, uh, have, like, one of the worst home records in the league, though? They do. They yeah. do. Yeah. Not they, that, like, really I actually, don't put a whole
2: lot of stock in I that. put nothing into it, to be honest. Yeah. That's all random, really. Especially, It's, pre- it's mostly random. Like, there's some first change – or last change stuff that goes on there, but like that's mostly random. You know yeah. what? I, what I really hate is when people talk about power play splits, home and road. Like, what actually changes when you're on the road versus when you're at home for the power play? Come on. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you, as yeah. far
0: as wins and losses go, because there are no OTL points in the playoffs, Washington is 19 16, and so 19 and 22 at home, which is just, it's, it's just a weird disparity considering that they literally had the best away record in the season. There were 25 and 16 away from home and 19 and 22 at home. It's just a weird disparity.
1: I want to take one more victory lap here. And Jacob, it's one you can join in on TJ a little bit because you had the poopy pants well into the game, <laughs> game and during our last <laughs> podcast, but you and I, Jacob, we weren't worried. And I'm, again, I tweeted it out. You know, I listened to um, the car cast from Thirty Two Thoughts. They talked about the Panthers' loss, like, "Yep, this was an aberration, huge win for the Capitals, but like, this is not the Panthers we expect from the rest of the series." <laughs> and then the same thing on Puck Soup. They spent all of this time talking about how huge these road wins were for the opposing team, for all the road teams. Then they got to the, finally got to the Panthers Capitals series, and we're like, "Yeah, I don't expect this to continue for the Capitals." Like. When people who have been so, not I want to call them anti-panthers, but they've been panthers doubters for so long, like especially the puck soup guys, they're just like, yeah, the panthers are fine, and here our fan base is just shitting themselves. And I get it, like we have known nothing but pain for so long, and there's been so much frustration. The fact that we lost game one, like Levitard spent like 20 minutes on it today, like how like, but this fan base is like is just so scared because we've been burned so many times. But, like, this team is really uh, good. Jacob said it in the post game last game. I said it. TJ, you started to get on board towards the end. But, like, this wasn't going to continue. And I'm not trying to take shot at you, TJ. Okay. I'm, but, like, you kind of were – you're our version of how 90% of the fan base felt going into tonight's game. And it's – I kind of just want to be like, okay, now can you all exhale? Now can you realize, like – Hey, shit happens. It's hockey.
2: Mm-hmm. Good luck doing that three more times. Mm-hmm. Beating a dead horse, 2018 19 Lightning. How many times would you have said the same thing? Game two, game three. It's like, oh, but they're, they're way better than yeah, the but They had
0: Sergey Bobrovsky actually playing well. No, no,
2: no, no, no. Like, it, my point isn't that that will happen. So you have to, you know, account for it. It's like that's in the back of your mind. You know, and, and like at really. the end of the day, Tampa you don't want to feel. got swept by getting goalied. At the end of the We're day, you don't want to feel like you're by
0: Vitek manager and Elias Samson. All okay, it could happen. For, I mean, they got the seven game series. They got Thomas goalied Christ. by
2: the freaking Finnish Thomas Oilers Christ. goalie, who's so bad I can't even remember his name. Well, I'm talking about oh, in the regular yeah, season yeah, against yeah, the Oilers. are talking about. Yeah. Okay. Mikko right. Koskinen. But or was that that game? It's one
1: and and that Lightning that Lightning Columbus series every intelligent hockey person calls that one of the biggest flukes in hockey history because it was just Bob going God mode and Panarin putting everything into the net. Like
0: these things just.
2: Yeah. I'm just afraid, afraid of, of a fluke. fluke that's what I'm talking about. Like,
0: but we are already not going to get swept. Yeah, of course.
2: Well, no, yeah, that, now that's impossible. But pain. I get that. But at
1: some point you just have to sit there and look at their teams and say, hey, if the fluke happens, the fluke happens, but there's a 99.9% chance it's not going to. And guess what? We're in the 99.9% chance, at least in terms of getting swept by a team we don't deserve to be swept by. But like, really? If, if, but in terms no, of... Lose, we're
0: in 100% chance of not getting swept. Okay. Oh, whatever. Sorry. Okay, you said getting swept. Um, I, I got <laughs> specifically I didn't go to the game and I tickets.
1: I had to give, it, give them away. You know how much that hurt me. But that's how, that's how fucked up I'm feeling right now. But... <laughs> show of hands, even though this is not a visual medium, is anyone concerned about the rest of the series right now?
0: Because I'm feeling real good about Panthers and five. I'm feeling very good right now.
2: Like I said, I like... Good I, enough I, that,
0: like, as soon as the final buzzer sounded, I bought a
2: ticket to game five because I want to see the Panthers win the series. The thing that is, like, I don't, to, I don't know what to believe anymore. Like, I doubt my prognosticating. Like, that. that's the thing. I'm not saying... TJ... If you can't trust yourself,
0: yeah, trust the data. The now 83, 84 games that we've seen the Panthers play where they have been yeah. overall Th- this, is, this is dominant. This is I don't
1: trust this down remember. six two to the New Jersey Devils TJ. You need to shut that part of your brain off. Like this is I okay, will- I
0: in fairness, being down <laughs> six two is like it's understandable I, I, to give
2: up on the game. We well, did. Hey, I mean, and look at fun. look at the way the first four and a half periods of the series went. Like you can understand being no a little bit worried at that. No. And I mean, the way
1: the TJ, no, no, you there you was really no. Really,
2: don't think so. they were not going to
1: continue playing like they did in the first game, and they didn't. I mean, even tonight, like how many times have the Panthers had over the years had the better of play, and then the team that was exponentially better than them put it together for forty five seconds, and all of a sudden it was two nothing so why are you surprised the panthers did that tonight you shouldn't be
2: i'm not necessarily you surprised be. like that was totally an outcome right, but that that's I was what you should to expect
1: see. to see when this team isn't playing well that eventually they will figure it out and in a minute and a half the score will go from zero zero to two nothing like that, that's what you should expect out of this panthers team when they're playing a substantially inferior opponent that raises an interesting capitals. point like are the capitals yes yeah, no, no, they're not bad, but yeah. they're inferior to one of the best offenses this league has
2: seen in 30 years. There is I definitely v- think they're worse than the Panthers, but I thought they were, like, maybe the third worst playoff team and, like, the no. rest of the Eastern Conference oh. playoff teams. Okay. You but, think they're better than the third worst playoff team, or what are you No, 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 I,
1: I, I thought you were going to say third best. No, they're, they're – yeah, they're – I mean, in terms of – if we're including the West, I would say – they are, they are better than this this version of yeah, Nashville. Yeah, County the West. This version of Nashville without sorrows and the Kings. Everyone else, I think, is better than Washington.
0: But they're still I a good team. I think there's a case to be made for the, for the Oilers.
2: Also. I like the Oilers. Uh, I'm, I'm somehow on board. I, just, I don't I, trust. I can't it. tell you why. I think it's because with Woodcroft, they've been really good. I think there's a lot of
1: similarities between the Oilers and the Capitals the Oilers just have McDavid and Dreisaitl who are two of the five best players in the world. Mm-hmm. So in, for that reason alone, I have them above the capitals. Like Ovi was the top five player in the world and he can, you know, he can give you spurts where he looks like a top five player in the world again, but he's not anymore. TJ Oshie mm-hmm. is no longer a top 50 player in the world. Nicholas Backstrom is no longer a top 50 player in the world. Luke, uh, Not Lucas Carlson, Jonathan John Carlson. John Carlson. Yeah, John Carlson is no longer a top 30 defenseman in the NHL. Like, this is a team that is past its prime. Yes, they'll give you spurts of brilliance. And we've seen that from TJ Oshie, but they cannot put it together 60 minutes a night in a seven game series. I'm not saying the series is over. I'm just saying everyone needs to exhale. We're way more likely to see more 5-1 results than 4-2 losses.
2: And, you know, that reminds me of what Samantha Pell said on the last podcast we released. So go listen to that just to get her input. She said Capitals fans were so surprised that they played a full 60 minutes in game one. And I I saw lots of other people say, that's the best I've seen the Capitals play in a long time. And I'm beginning to think that's what happened. And they pretty much got, you know, pumped up by how good they were in game one and came out the same way in game two. And it just wasn't going to keep up when they were down three to one. Like they played well in the first half of this game. We all acknowledge that. They did. And then they didn't. And then they didn't. That that was the first part of the series where we saw the Capitals flounder. Game
0: one was kind of a perfect storm. It was one of the Capitals' best games of their season and one of the Panthers' worst games of their season. That's that And they needed a bone-icing
1: call and a bonehead mistake from a top defenseman in the NHL to tie the game late in the third period. Like, I can't repeat that enough times and beat the dead horse enough times because it's just so obvious to me, like, what we saw was, you know, a best-case scenario and a worst-case scenario combining for a barely snuck-out victory in game one for the
0: Capitals. So, I want to talk about... I would bet that most of the game, most of the series is going to look a lot more like game two than game one. If the Panthers, especially if the Panthers can score
1: the first goal... And take away the Capitals' ability to just play the one-four trap all game, then you know th- they're not going to be able to run with the Panthers. They're not going if as soon as the Capitals start taking chances, the Panthers get their odd man rushes, and it's five-one in in a heart in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Like the Panthers played conservative hockey for their standards the entire third period and dominated the Capitals. I mean, they had two power plays where they were putting Radko Gudas out there on defense just to make sure, hey, we don't want to give up a shorty here. We're, we, we're fine playing conservative for two minutes to eat up clock because we don't think you can score four times in, in seven minutes.
2: You know, I was if I was a Capitals fan, I would be pretty deflated by what I saw in the third period, which, you know, seems counterintuitive because it was zero zero. You know, they didn't give up another goal. Ilya Sansonov, who was most likely going to be their game three starter, looked pretty good, but they were completely content with going back to Washington with the series tied one to one. And I mean, yeah, like that's a perfectly fine result for them. We've talked about how good the Panthers are for them to have stolen a game in Florida. And I say stolen, even though they deserve to win the game you know, they're going to be happy with that. But they like, that's just not the way you can operate as a professional athlete at the very highest level. You have to have the killer instinct. You have to want to win every game. Like, it's not like they were playing the worst players for, you know, half of the period because they wanted to rest Ovechkin and Backstrom and Kuznetsov and Carlson and Oshie for game three. It really didn't seem that way to me. It really seemed like that's an opportunity for them to get some momentum back going into game three. And they didn't take it at all. Like last year, the Capitals won game one of their series against the Bruins. And then they lost in five. Like this is a team that's done that, you know, two years ago, they lose in five games also. And they lose in seven, the year after they win the Stanley cup to, after going up two nothing in the series to the, uh, to the hurricanes.
1: They manufactured six shots in the third period in a period. They had to play well in. Because yes, you know, going home, you know, all the quotes from out of Washington are going to be, well, we, t- you know, we took the president, we took home ice away from the president's trophy winner. You know, we're happy with a one-one win, but if you and the fans are going to say that, everyone's going to say that. But when you actually look at the games, you kind of have to be shitting yourself if you're the Capitals Because like this is the worst one-one it could possibly be. Where you look, you you snuck out a win with your best possible game. And the Panthers still didn't even play to their best because, like you said, you know, we'll, we'll all admit the Capitals had the better run of play the first twenty-eight-ish minutes of the game. Even though they didn't have the most quality, they had the better run of play, which is still rare for the Panthers. And they got their ass beat five-one tonight. Like they're gonna, they're gonna talk a good game, but there shouldn't be that much confidence going back to Washington.
2: You know, it, it reminded me of Game Four last year, Lightning Panthers, yep. where the Panthers racked up so much like of the expected goals in the Corsi, but Tampa Bay won the game, what was it, six to two? Yep. They had a bunch of tap-in goals. They had a bunch of goals that should have been 0.99 XG in that game because they just read what the Panthers were doing when they made a little mistake and they knew how to turn that little mistake into a big opportunity. That's what happened for the Panthers tonight. I mean, Carter Verhage, I couldn't tell who he embarrassed, but on the fourth goal, he embarrassed somebody.
1: Yeah, and who was it that uh, and the Lundell goal? Who forced the turnover at the blue line? I
2: can't. I wasn't. No, that's it? the one I'm talking about. That that's, oh, oh, that's the one I'm talking. That was about. Carter,
1: baby. So for Hakey forces the turnover. That turn was over. Carter. Gives it to Lundell, who does a backhanded given go. My God, that was beautiful.
0: And okay, I just that goal. Is there a goal that is more manufactured for our like this podcast – Entertainment, or patting ourselves on the nope. back, or anything like that, than Lundell from Reinhardt and Verhege.
2: I mean, the subtle thing about it that I love the most is that Reinhardt has no hesitation to pass the puck back to Lundell, even though his ass is facing Vanecek. Yeah, people—he <laughs> does not people care. Don't
1: realize how good of a play that was for everyone, because like exactly like you tweeted, TJ, ninety-nine percent of the time the. Reinhardt, you know, a player in Reinhardt's position is going to receive that pass, see the guy who passes them as asses to the net and take the shot themselves. And they have a really good scoring chance. Like, that's a shot you should score on more times than not. But Reinhardt had the wherewithal to realize Lundell is very talented and is going to basically transition from backwards to forwards without, you know, without losing a step, without losing any balance, which, look, is it the hardest thing in the world to do? No, but in an NHL setting, when you know there are defensemen coming at you like that's not an easy play. That's a good play. Like you know Mila Lucic isn't making that play. Like you have to have skill to make that you know st- skating transition, and it's it's a tap in free goal. I'm dying.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, that's
2: Alex. It. I'm sorry. Um, I'm looking at the one, at one the thing Ed, that Edmund I Lundell
0: and Sam Reinhardt, uh Wowies, they're so good together. Yeah, <laughs> they're just, they're just they're so good. Together. Yeah. I- I-
2: yeah, it was not a good series for, for Reinhardt right up until that moment. And, you know, I, I had pointed it out on Twitter and that's just one of those hilarious, this you moments, like, or that escalated quickly because he didn't have a good series. I mean, he was the worst Panther in terms of expected goals uh, disparity in game one, and he really didn't do anything up until then in game two. I and mean, he had a, a great second half of the second period, great third period, just like everybody else did. And I mean, it, it reminds me of the way the season started. You know, they were winning, but Reinhardt didn't really get going until a little bit later on. He had to figure out what was going on, how he was going to integrate into it. And I think he's figured it out a little in bit. In fairness, that did but, give us
0: one of our favorite tweets of all time.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I,
1: I, <laughs> I, I'm I, still in a state of shock that that tweet is one up and two it gets quote tweeted. I mean, it's still getting him interactions. Why would he take it right? Down? But at what point do you just like own it? Like, at some point, if you're going to leave it up, you got to own it and be like, Yeah, I,
0: I think leaving it up is a form of owning it.
2: No. And the funny thing is, like, I've noticed that Buffalo fans love Sam. Oh, yeah. I was not expecting that considering it, it didn't really seem like he wanted to stay. And, you know, whenever a player gets moved in those circumstances, you rarely see the fans' basis Like, I can understand that. You know, like, we're not going anywhere. I mean, with Eichel, I think there was a little bit more acrimony, yeah. like, for fairly obvious reasons. But at the same time, like, he, they weren't letting him get the I mean, surgery. Eich- Eichel
1: wanted. was
0: – I mean, even before the injury, Eichel wanted out.
2: Um, but, I mean, the- apparently
0: an article came out today, and it doesn't really go into a lot of specifics, but apparently, sa- like, his Sabres teammates, like, Eichel's Sabres teammates – hated him I can buy that yeah
2: I, I think I've heard similar things
1: I mean the difference between Reinhardt and Eichel is like Eichel was clearly getting fed fed up with all of it and you know he was the face of the franchise he was brought in to be the savior and let's be honest he did his job I don't want to make this a saviors podcast but like, Eichel did his job he carried his weight and very few like Sam Reinhardt and who else did so it's like So Eichel was the face of the franchise and he was clearly discontent. Reinhardt was discontent as well, but you know, because he's not the face of the franchise, he's in the background, less people are paying attention to it. I think if the roles were reversed and the only thing that changes is Reinhardt was wearing the C, I think you'd see a lot of similar
0: vitriol for Sam Reinhardt that you'd see for Jack Eichel. Maybe. That might also just be conjecture. So just to go back to one thing and put a number to a point that I was making, and I'm going to start with the withouts. Lundell without Reinhardt, 52.87 Corsi 4 percentage. Pretty good. Reinhardt without Lundell, 55.43. Pretty good.
2: Pretty awesome. Lundell and Reinhardt together, 5882 I got to be be honest with you, that's lower than I expected. Maybe really? you got to throw a Marchman in there. But you know what? Hot take, I want Marchman on the first line once he feels 100%. Or, you know, at least as close to 100% as you're going to get in the playoffs. I think you, you Lindell, need that guy. Lindell
0: Marchman, Reinhardt. TJ, you are correct in putting them together. Lindell Marchman, Reinhardt as a line, 62.2. Of course, he's four percentage.
2: I, I don't know how much dialogue we can have about this, but I do want to throw it out there. I think Mason Marshman is the kind of player you need in the playoffs. Like I, I just see him and I, I think he embodies so much of what you need in terms of like the shuttling, the puck, the way he can shield his body to, to create time and space. I'm just very happy with what he provides and uh, I'll be sad to see him go if he uh, gets a big offer in, in UFA, but I'll be happy for him at the same time.
1: These are and Marshman's last games as a Florida Panther. Like, just get ready for it. I mean, I, mean, I
0: don't know. Maybe he
2: no stays for cheap. I, no. No. Don't get attached to that idea. Like, it's somewhat plausible. Don't no, get attached. No, it's to that not idea.
1: plausible. This is his first shot to make big money. This. Guy well, I mean, the
2: thing is that Duclair had a pretty good year last year, and he signed three by three.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but Duclair had a track record. One, Duclair had a track record as an up and down player, and he didn't have as good of a year as Mason last year as Mason Marchman did
0: this year. I also, and Duclair made a, some decent change. Like Mason. Duclair also had a career low shooting percentage last year. Cannot stress that enough. Right. Like Mason Marchmont, he's well, He's going to be twenty six years old. <laughs> Think so.
1: 26 years old and he's gonna have basically a year. No, so he's gonna be 27 this summer. He's gonna be 27 years old and he's only had an NHL paycheck for basically a year and a half because that AHL salary is not much. This is his mm. one chance no, it to sucks. catch in. He is gone. Like someone is giving him, you know, five by five or four by five, something like that. He's getting four plus AAV. And if you're the Panthers, you <laughs> cannot match that. Like mm-hmm. if there's someone you move stuff around for and hope they take a bit of a discount, his name is Claude Giroux.
0: It's Claude Giroux. Yeah.
2: There's a saying in this industry, keep getting them checks. So keep getting them checks. Mason Marchman, uh, Tard hard pivot. Uh, one thing that I am worried about, one thing that I haven't really seen click yet in this series is the Panthers power play. They're now over five in the series. They've had 10 minutes of power play time and really not ever looked like they were about to score.
1: I disagree. They should have had one in game one where the pass from Barkov to Huberto just missed Barkov should have scored tonight. They absolutely, I disagree with you that they haven't ever looked like they're about to score. I will. I will agree with you that the power play hasn't been great. It hasn't been consistent. You haven't seen that consistent pressure that you want to see out of your power play. Like You've seen it from the Capitals where they put a ton of pressure on the power play and Bob has had to come up huge for two straight minutes. The Vanders haven't done that. However, they have generated scoring chances that should have been goals, but the execution wasn't there. Also, how many power plays did they have tonight? Was it only three? I could have sworn they had more. It was only two. Oh, no, three because they had the one at the end. Well, they had two at the end, and both of them, they ran two defenseman power plays. So I honestly don't count those as – that's fair. I mean, they count as not scoring because you had a five-on-four advantage. But I'm not going to say, oh, they're 0 for five on the power play. Went on two of them. They had two defensemen, and one of them was a defensive defenseman like Goodis, where their goal was, hey, we're just trying to eat two minutes here, and if we can get a great shot, awesome. I'm not going to credit. I'm not going to, you know, if you want to call them 0 for three, and we can talk about that, that's fine. But I'm just, I'm not going to use the term 0 for five when like two of the power plays, they their number one priority was not giving up a shorty.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've just been kind of underwhelmed by it. I think uh, Ekblad being re- reintegrated, this is the second time they're in a game situation, which it's very difficult to replicate the pressure that an opposing penalty kill puts you on you in practice. So they're really getting their reps now with Ekblad and Giroud together. And it'll probably get crisper as the series goes on. Use the first along.
0: series as your practice for your, your real game situation practice.
2: Hey, TJ,
1: I'm not and saying clicking
0: rounds two, three, and four. I apologize if it comes off as I'm saying you're wrong. I actually do agree with you that the power
1: play hasn't looked as good as it should. I mean, this was by the end of the year, the number five power play in the NHL, which is shocking considering the first half of the season, they were one of the worst. So I agree with you that the, the power play hasn't looked as good as it should. I just disagree that it's been complete crap. Like they should have two power play goals so far in this series. The execution just wasn't there for players who execute 99 times out of 100.
2: Yeah, I would say subpar rather than complete crap.
1: Yeah, subpar is fair. I would agree with you there. Sorry if I'm being a bit of an attorney and
2: mitigating <laughs> degrees. But... No, no, no. no, no, no. We, we shouldn't talk past each other and like start fighting with imaginary versions of each other that don't actually exist. It's probably pointless. I mean, the the Panthers won a playoff game tonight. That hasn't happened a whole lot in the past 25 years. We should celebrate it.
1: They were 0 for 4 on the power play. So, so basically half their power plays tonight, they... They were trying not to give up goals over two of
2: the other ones. Mm-hmm. The one nice thing is that they really have only given up one power play goal that was created by a good power play. Like the the backstrom goal, if Bob just shores up his his uh near post, that doesn't go in.
1: Yeah, that was some yeah. poor RVH form from Bob on that one. Jacob was RVH.
2: <laughs> there it is. Drink, I don't feel like drink it. up. <laughs> drink up. It's been
0: too long since you. Made me explain that, so I have forgotten. Yeah,
2: reverse VH, as AJ Malesko said a long time ago in the regular season. I can't remember. We need exactly. to get
0: uh, Ian and David back on to scold me. I I do want to spend a quick second on Bob while we're kind of talking about him, because holy shit, he's having a series.
2: Yeah. Other than the one bad goal we just talked about, I mean, sure, but like overall, I mean. He faced 27 four goals, shots four tonight, goals right? On what, 50 or 60 shots? I think he faced 28 shots tonight. He gave up one goal. He's right around. You know, there were other good series. Ch- they were. They gave up other good chances, and he yeah. he stood tall.
1: Yeah, he's Bob's been good. Like he's positive and expected uh, goals, uh, expected goals against average or whatever it is right now. Goal goal saved above average or
0: I uh, flu. So if if there if he's let in four goals on 55 shots. Uh, that gives him a 9.27 save percentage for the series. That would be a career high for the playoffs, at least. Yeah, I mean he's a sub
1: 900 save percentage goalie in in his playoffs. Yeah, the I mean, only
0: I think the only playoff series in which he was above 900 was that Tampa series in
2: eighteen nineteen and i look forward to see this incarnation <laughs> of bob further cuz i mean there's only really been a, a few rough patches this year and otherwise bob's been a consistent positive for the team and you know they've had great possession stats had a good power play especially in the latter half of the year good goaltending really the only thing now that i'm worried about is the penalty kill and like if they, they can just survive power plays from the opposing team which like that was the downfall last year in the playoffs they couldn't survive tampa's power play like you're giving up a goal on more than 50 percent of the power plays you give up you're going to have a horrible time that's just no way to win a game
0: right yeah we can talk about
2: the rest of the stuff until the cows come home but like you got to survive power plays so far they've done it they've survived washington's power plays ovechkin really hasn't had that many awesome looks. No,
0: they've done a. Ovi has had two assists. That's it for his scoring in the series so far.
1: And they have done a fantastic job of shutting Ovi slap shot down. They're getting sticks in passing lanes. They're getting bodies in front of it. They're getting bodies in front of his shots from up tight, which is good because it's a much better chance to block the shot and have it go as far away from the net as possible rather than a deflection two feet in front of the net, which is basically an offensive play.
2: Mm hmm. You definitely don't want that. That's uh, how you end up giving up a goal when you thought that you were safe. Anyway, I think that we've come to the end of this one until, you know, we, we ran about other minute things for 40 minutes and this becomes a 90 minute podcast about one single game. Any parting notes, guys?
1: I do want to mention since I did spend so much time criticizing, officiating to my absolute shock, TJ Luxmore had a solid game. I think he missed a couple of things both ways, like the Marchman double minor, which was totally deserved by Marchman. I think whoever he was tied up with also
0: should have gotten a penalty, but like uh, that slash was a little soft, but like it was soft, the but, was was like deserving. Also,
2: but he was like, he was right in the face of the ref. So at the same time, yeah, like, too, you got to be smarter, but at the same time, this is playoff hockey. Like we're seeing so many obvious penalties, not get called like obvious regular season penalties.
1: I- I'm just saying, I don't think it was perfect officiating. But it was way better than game one. And that's a shock for me from one of the most anti-Panthers refs in the NHL. Like TJ Luxmore, like he's got a history of boning the Panthers. Yeah. Like again and again. Like go back to a game against the Rangers from years ago. He literally played goalie against the Panthers because he found himself in front of the net while the Panthers had the puck. Like, that's how bad this guy is. And he had a solid game tonight. So like.
2: The you good know, name of TJ's is finally vindicated.
1: Not vindicated. I'm just saying tonight he had a solid game for his standard, which yeah. is a it was, surprise
2: to You know, like there were things missed. It was, but Oh, she's like an
0: enemy right now, so.
2: It, it was that like free-form jazz that you talk about with the playoff officiating. Like, yeah, they don't call the rule book, but like it, it all kind of makes sense when you get to the end and you see the cumulative effect of the officiating. Yeah.
1: I, I did enjoy that one play where I even tweeted about it, where the Capitals defenseman both clearly ragged it by like not making any effort to skate back to the puck. The puck barely crosses the goal line and they immediately get the icing call. And I just wanted to like see Tim peel. You don't have to skate hard. You yeah. yeah. Puck, I mean, no, that's not the standard.
2: <laughs> he, it's surprising that he's so out of order about this because like he has nothing to lose by saying, yeah, yeah, you make mistakes, but no. like, nothing to lose
1: but remember those are all his friends like he's gonna (laughs) criticize his friends
2: yeah it's a hard job i'm sure like i'm not gonna say look i'd be the best nhl official put me out there you're gonna get perfectly called games everybody's gonna love me throw flowers on the ice at the end of the game no
1: your your tweet was perfect tj it was hey say, look, mistakes happened, you got to deal with it. Or, hey, that was a missed one, but they even out over the course of a series. But what you can't do is look at video evidence of a absolutely incorrect call call, and still sit there with a straight face and say, I think that was a great call. Like, you just, like, you lose credibility when you do that. And Like, like I'm not trying to take shots at Tim Peel, but I am taking shots at Tim Peel. Like, he's not going to listen to this. I know he now follows, he follows me on Twitter and he follows the the main account on twitter but like he got a kick
2: out of that interaction i can oh, tell for sure
1: and like <laughs> i think for the most part we kept it professional i mean i would have loved to have just taken shots at him but like you know hey someone's interacting with you he's being respectful just because he's a public persona doesn't mean we got to be assholes so
2: yeah i mean it, at the end of the day it's a damn game like come on you don't have to like call him a scumbag you know
1: Right, like, you know, he was clearly carrying water for his fellow officials. He didn't want to, you know, say anything negative. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's really good friends with those lineys. And, you know, he's just, he's never- And maybe they're, assess- those
2: lineys are great guys, you know? he wants. I'm to sure stand they up are. Yeah.
1: I'm sure they are. Like, most of these people that you hate, like, you get around them and it's like, oh, you're not so bad.
2: Yeah, like, I mean, like, if, if, if we met Tom Wilson, like, if for some reason, like, after Game Five, we just like saw him at Yard House or something. Would you be an asshole to him? Yes. I'd probably be like, you know, I, I, I begrudgingly respect you, Mister Wilson.
0: Nah, I'd be like, fuck you, go back to Washington,
2: piece of shit. And, you know, and that game, uh, the first Capitals home game in in October, where they they were leading and then the Capitals came back to tie it and they won in overtime. I was screaming, you know, oh, Wilson, you suck. And then he puts the puck in his own net and the Panthers win. It's a glorious bit of uh, justice. You know, justice isn't really the right word, but <laughs> foreshadowing. But um, yeah, like it's sports hate. It's not real hate. Right.
1: And that's kind of the point I'm trying to make. And it's like, yes, Tim Peel, when you were an official, I did not like you, but you seem to be cool to interact with on social media. So it's like, I'm not going to take that sports hate and bring it over to a real life argument. I'm just not.
2: Mm-hmm. And I, and I do want to say, like, just in the in the grand scheme of things, I think more people need to recognize where sports hate ends and where like legitimate resentment actually begins. And, you know, it, it's it's leisure. It's recreation. It's meant to be a hobby. You really shouldn't let it get to you too much. Like, I don't blame you. Like, it, it obviously has an effect on us.
1: I'm but, like, at that. the end of the day, yeah. it's
2: it's a hobby. No,
1: I mean, it clearly had an effect on us, considering it's 72 hours later, the Panthers were 5-1, <laughs> and I'm still arguing about this damn icing call. We love icing it's just icing so frustrating, discourse. you won't admit it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome like, to icing parade.
1: Yeah, like yeah, this is just how it happens when you're a lawyer. Like, you, like when you know you're right about an argument, you just won't let it go, even if it doesn't matter. We're, we're it's a really lucky trade.
2: they won, because people are going to have way more patience for this. <laughs> Oh, I
0: mean,
3: if they didn't the win, for like we the would have a much different tone.
2: Home. Oh, yeah. And it, it, we were like, I'm, I, we would be like, I'm done with this. Like, let's get out of here. Speaking of which, I'm done with this. Let's get out of here.
0: Land the plane. Where
1: are they uh, uh, Rate us to? five
2: points on my driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't points Fake a bad now thing? has yeah, suspended yeah. license <laughs> thanks to the <laughs> loyal the listeners joke, of Free. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, guys. Go back and listen to our interview with Samantha Pell or my interview, uh, you know, you guys couldn't be there, but it was still good. The brand interview. (laughs) That's right. Uh, We might have another one coming up before game three. Uh, Looking to confirm that or, you know, confirm that we can, unfortunately. But I definitely Saturday post-game we'll have something. And after every game, and hopefully we can get stuff in between, you know, if there's a little bit of a – there's a little bit of like a break in between series, we'll probably – get something to fill in that space but yeah after every game and then some other stuff where we can
1: yeah if we can find a guest for
2: a day off we'll we'll release that as well all right so thanks everybody for listening to panther paris and we'll see you for game three
3: message and data rates may apply